Hello, all you happy innovators out there. How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? Okay, I hope that you're doing good. As you can tell, I'm a little spunky today. So, please, pardon my spunkiness. I'm going to talk about something today that is probably, you know, thoroughly unimportant and maybe even a little bit boring to some people. And what I want to talk about today is the Beatles. Yep, that's right, the Beatles. And, you know, I think about the Beatles a lot. And, you know... When people talk about the Beatles, they usually talk about things like their favorite Beatles album, their favorite Beatles song, uh, you know, the Beatles haircuts, what kind of guitars they used, and the impact on popular culture that they had, and the impact that they had on rock and roll, and what rock and roll music would eventually become. But, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not really like other people, okay? I'm a, a pretty unusual person, from my best estimation, okay? And yeah, I still think about all those other things, too. But do you want to know what I really think about when it comes to the Beatles? I think about the phenomena of the Beatles, like... The immensity of the Beatles brand or the Beatles franchise, okay, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know, just the sheer immensity of the Beatles and what the Beatles have become and the impact that they've had on the planet. I mean, At this point, they've impacted the entire planet. Like, they have impacted the entire human race. (laughs) Now, you know, I think about this from time to time. And, you know, uh, I suppose it's in the forefront of my mind right now. Because, you know, last week I was just working on that cover version of Tomorrow Never Knows that I released... And I love the song Tomorrow Never Knows, okay? But, you know, what's funny about that is is that version of Tomorrow Never Knows that I did is actually a cover version of the Mission UK cover version of the original song Tomorrow Never Knows by the Beatles. And I like both versions of the song, but I've always kind of just preferred the Mission UK's version of it. I kind of like it a little bit better. So I covered that song, but it was a cover version of a cover version, which I thought was kind of cool and kind of funny. But, you know, even while I was working on that song, you know, it was just, I couldn't help but think about, you know, the Beatles phenomena again. I mean, it just came back into the forefront of my mind. And, um... It just amazes me. I mean, the story of the Beatles just is fascinating to me. And, you know, I'm a musician, obviously. So, you know, the Beatles at this point 
are more of an institution, <laughs> really, than uh, a band, you know? I mean, they are a phenomena, you know? It's, uh, it's really quite something to contemplate, like, when you really think about it, especially if you're a creator and, you know, you make music of your own or whatever it is you create, you know, whatever it is you make. Um, the Beatles are just... Whew, they're just on a whole different level, you know? The Beatles are just, like, beyond the state of being a legendary rock band, okay? They're beyond that at this point. And when you really think about it, the Beatles are really kind of unique in that way. Um, and I suppose that maybe Elvis would be, you know... The only other, you know, brand that would rival the Beatles, okay? But um, I would argue that it's different because Elvis was a solo artist, first of all. And Elvis didn't write all of his own songs. So it's different for the Beatles, okay? And I would probably even guess that the Beatles at this point are probably more of a phenomenon now than Elvis is. Now, don't get me wrong, all you Elvis fans out there. I'm not dissing the king, okay? I'm just saying there are a lot of differences between Elvis and the Beatles, okay? They're all great, but I think at this point, it could be argued that the Beatles are maybe a little more widespread. And the impact of the Beatles seems to me to be continuing to grow exponentially, okay? And, you know, this is the kind of stuff that I think about. Okay, this is how my brain works, okay? Um, you know, about 20 years ago, my wife and I bought the Beatles anthology, okay, uh, on DVD. And, you know, it's one of those things that we just grab, you know, from time to time and we'll watch it again. And, you know, over the course of 20 years, I've probably watched it at least 20 times, probably way more than that now, okay? But, um, and, you know, it's well done, and, you know, it's a comprehensive telling of the Beatles story from, you know, beginning to end, okay? But that's not what we're going to talk about here today. I want to talk about just the simple fact that the Beatles have gone beyond the notion of just being a band, okay? Or, you know, a legendary rock group, okay? They are so far beyond that now that the Beatles are really in their own category. You know what I mean? I mean, it's almost like now when you know, the question is asked, oh, who is the greatest band of all time? It's almost as if the Beatles can't really be put on that list because they're not even a band anymore. I mean, they're on a whole different level. They're like, you know, on the level of Mozart or Bach. They have really gone to that level. And it's just so fascinating to me how big the Beatles phenomena has become. 
and just how big the Beatles are and how big they continue to be and they continue to grow. I mean, their audience and their influence is still growing. It continues to grow. You know, the Beatles emerged on the world stage back in the 1960s, okay? And, you know, from that point forward, let's say like the Ed Sullivan show, okay? From that point forward, all that has happened with the Beatles is they've grown exponentially every year. I mean, it's just on a scale that is unimaginable, you know? It's just so widespread from that point in time to this very moment and probably long into the future (laughs) forever the Beatles brand will be growing forever and ever and when you think about it the Beatles have never really had a dip in their popularity I mean, when you think about the Beatles compared to all the other bands of rock and roll history, okay? You know, all the legendary rock and roll bands that have come and gone over the past 50 years, okay? The Beatles are so far beyond all those other bands. They are literally now up on the same level as like Mozart. And that actually happened for them. Think about that. And it seems like it was something that the Beatles didn't really have any control over. You know? It seems like it was just destiny. Or something like that. You know? It was just meant to be. Think about that. I mean, just think about that. You know? And that's how I think. You know? That's the kind of stuff that I think about. Like, it's just so absolutely amazing to me how complete and total their inundation of the planet as a brand or as a franchise is it's phenomenal and it's amazing that something like that can happen you know you know it seems like almost everything in our culture as a planet has been touched by the Beatles in some way okay And you can call it a phenomena, I guess, but it's really even beyond something like that. I mean, I don't even think they have a word for it yet, you know, like what the Beatles are today. Ah, It's just, it's amazing to me. I mean, the Beatles are, are beyond legendary. It's like the term legendary is something you apply to, you know, a notable person or a notable event or a notable thing from past history. Okay? But that's not what we're talking about when we talk about the Beatles. They're legendary, but 
they're still relevant today. Maybe even more so today than they were 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. They are probably more relevant to modern popular culture today than they were uh, when they first wrote, I want to hold your hand back in the 1960s. I mean, think about that. That can happen and has happened for the Beatles. I mean, think about that. The Beatles franchise, the Beatles brand, the Beatles rock group gets millions of new fans every year. Millions every year. Think about that. The Beatles do better than most of the popular bands today. Think about that. And they've been broken up for how long? And, you know, it's just amazing how these four, uh, you know, working class dudes, you know, who played guitars and started to write songs and just, oh my gosh, can you believe how big it got? How crazy big it got. Can you believe how far it went? And how far it continues to go? And how it will continue to go forever? Isn't that amazing? I mean, just think about how amazing that is. Just think about all the bands that have come and gone, you know? And yeah, they'll be remembered, you know, uh, for something that they did way back in the day. You know, they're a legend because of something that happened way back in the day. But with the Beatles, it's not like that. They continue to grow now almost more than they did when they first started. All those legendary bands that, you know, yeah, that happened a long time ago, back in the day when they were great, you know. But that's not the case with the Beatles. And, you know... Whenever I hear one of their songs or I hear something about them, and, you know, it's really pretty often that I do, you know, because you are constantly hearing something about the Beatles in some way, shape, or form. I mean, it's just everywhere. I mean, they have, they have inundated the culture of the whole entire planet. Can we even begin to imagine what it would be like to be part of something like that. I mean, think about that. It is just so huge. And you know, it just amazes me that something like that can happen. And, you know, you, you have to ask the question, why it happened? What is it about the Beatles, you know? How is that possible? How did that happen? It's mind-boggling, you know? What a great question. What is it about the Beatles? Like, 
What is it about them that appeals so much to people? What is it? Because, you know, whatever was appealing about the Beatles back in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, into the 2000s, is still appealing today. Think about that. Like, what is it about the Beatles? How did they do that? How did they become what they are? You know, I don't ponder this whole Beatles thing like, you know, the Beatles are something to aspire to as a songwriter or something, because you can't. Like, no one ever will be able to. No one ever could. It'll never happen again. You know, maybe because they were the first or something, but probably something more than that. I mean, you just, yeah, I write songs and you probably create things too, but we kind of know we're never, ever, ever, ever going to be able to ever come close no matter how good we are or bad we are or whatever, it will never get that big for anyone ever again. It never could. Now, some of you are probably thinking like, okay, yeah, you know, thinking about this stuff, you know, what's the point? Doesn't help your life in any way or, you know, you have more important things to think about. But consider this that the Beatles have probably touched your life in some way, even if it's just, you know, liking one of their songs or something. And, you know, it's fun to think about things sometimes. So just ponder the Beatles phenomena a little bit, you know? And if you want to continue with this little thought experiment that we're doing today, um, here's another one for you. Consider this. Now, this is along the same lines as the Beatles, really, but it's really quite different, okay? I'm sure that you've heard the Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech, okay? And if you haven't heard the Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech, (laughs) man, I don't know what to tell you, okay? Because at this point, I'm pretty certain that almost every living human being has heard the I Have a Dream speech. And that is an amazing speech. And the impact that Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement had is simply unparalleled in human history. Okay? And that's the kind of stuff that everyone else talks about. Okay? When they talk about Martin Luther King. But... Once again, you know, I'm not like everybody else, okay? Um, I'm a little bit different. I'm going to tell you what I think when I hear the I Have a Dream speech by Martin Luther King. Now, maybe about two or three years ago, my wife and I saw this documentary on the I Have a Dream speech. And, you know, they showed the footage of the speech on the mall in Washington, D.C., from the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, okay? And, you know, usually when we saw the I Have a Dream speech on television or something, uh, the footage was always edited, like, right from the beginning of the speech to the end, okay? You didn't really get 
any of the action that happened before or after the speech. So in this documentary my wife and I were watching, they showed the whole thing, okay? And they showed Martin Luther King kind of standing there on the steps. You know, he's not at the podium. He's behind it in this group of people getting ready to speak. And there was this second right before he walks up to the microphone. And no one has ever heard the I Have a Dream speech. It hasn't happened yet. Okay? And and in about one second, he's going to walk up to that microphone and start speaking into that microphone. And as soon as he does that, as soon as he walks up to that microphone and opens his mouth, from that point forward, forever, in all of human history, forever and ever and ever. That speech will be repeated over and over and over again. It'll inspire millions, it'll change the world, and it'll just change human history forever. Forever. Until the stars fall out of the sky. Okay? Somewhere on the planet, someone will be listening to the I Have a Dream speech, maybe even for the first time. Forever that will be happening. And there was this second, right before he walks up to the microphone, where that speech didn't exist. And as soon as he opened his mouth, bam, it just echoed forever. Think about that. It's just fascinating. You know? It's fascinating. Isn't it? Isn't that just an amazing thing to think about? That all he had to do was walk up to that microphone and start speaking, and it was going to echo forever and ever and ever and ever. For all time. I mean, think about it. Martin Luther King had probably said millions of things to people over the course of his lifetime, you know? And not everybody heard everything, you know? But he did this speech one day in Washington, D.C., you know? (laughs) Just think about it. Forever, 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 the world would be different. Just think about that. Just think about the power of words. And, oh, man. The power of recording, I guess. Because when that speech was recorded, it guaranteed, it ensured that forever that speech would be repeated. In one form or another. And that's what I think about when I hear the I have a dream speech. It just, it just absolutely amazes me how that works and how that can happen. Now, if you want to uh, continue with me on this thought experiment that we're doing today, then I'll give you a third idea to ponder. Here's something that I think about a lot. Okay, and I think about this a lot, a lot, a lot, okay? 
Um, the 45-year-old demographic. Okay. I guess historically in popular culture, okay, there is this idea or this saying of, you know, never trust anyone over the age of 35. And I think that that started back in the 60s um, when the young kids were, you know, uh, protesting and rising up against the institutions of their parents. Okay. And it's funny to me. I mean, even though it was probably misguided in some ways, um, it's just kind of funny to me that that logic and that thinking kind of stamped uh, popular culture or especially the music industry, okay, with this age limit, you know, like what audience to target or to market to, okay? You know, the bands that they sign and and the records they release and the audience that they cater to and MTV and all those things, you know, is geared towards this younger demographic, you know, 14 to 18 years old or something, okay? And, you know, at the time... I was in that younger demographic. I was 18 years old and I was watching MTV. And and I remember the day when MTV first started. Okay. But, you know, I think that a really interesting change has taken place in our culture. And I don't think it's just limited to like, you know, music and art and those kinds of things. I think that with the changes in technology and things like that that have emerged over the past 20 or 25 years, um, what has happened is everything changed, okay? Now, you know, obviously, I'm not 18 years old anymore. I'm 46 years old, and I'm still interested in new music and new movies and new things and finding new things to listen to or to watch or to learn from. I still enjoy that. And, you know, I guess you can argue that it's a sign of uh, a lack of maturity or something, but I don't know about that. Um, I think that my generation just enjoys that kind of stuff more, maybe a, a little bit more than our parents did when they were our age, okay? Maybe accessibility has something to do with it. But what I'm getting at here really is that I think that there has been this major change or major shift in our popular culture where people that are, let's say, 35 or 45 or 55, like in that window, okay, that are traditionally forgotten about when it comes to uh, new music and new art and new films and things like that. But it seems to me that nobody has really taken into account yet that a shift has taken place where this generation that I belong to is not the same as when my parents were my age, but there's this old standard that has always been applied to people of that 35, 45, 55 year old demographic. 
like we're forgotten about. And it's a mistake because there's a gap in the market, I feel. And it's a mistake. And I see evidence of it everywhere. Consider this, okay? To cite an example from sports, okay? You have Tom Brady, okay? The quarterback of the New England Patriots, okay? He is the oldest quarterback in NFL history. He is the winningest quarterback in NFL history. Five Super Bowls. I mean, at this point, he's the greatest of all time. And yeah, I'm a Patriots fan. They're my home team. And I could talk about that for hours, but that's not where we're going to go with this, okay? Let's just face it, okay? The guy is a living legend, okay? And, uh, you know, he has surpassed all of the other legendary quarterbacks of NFL history, okay? And now, when Tom Brady plays a game, uh, you know, game after game after game, it seems like almost all they ever talk about is, you know, he's really old and, uh, you know, he's going to have to quit soon because he's really old. And it's like, you know what? Shut up. You know, take that old standard that you measure quarterbacks by from, you know, the 1980s and get rid of it because it's not relevant anymore. It doesn't apply to quarterbacks in the NFL today. Obviously, you're going to have to recalibrate everything. Nutrition is different. Technology is different. Training is different. Everything is different. The quarterbacks of the modern era are completely different human specimens than the quarterbacks of the 1980s or 90s or something. It's not the same thing anymore. So quit measuring him against that old standard because it doesn't apply anymore and it's stupid and that same kind of logic and thinking can be applied to you know anyone who's 35 45 or 55 okay it's not uh lawrence welk and percy faith and his orchestra for me I still want new music and I'm still hungry for new things. I enjoy that. Even though I'm an old fart, you know, I still actively seek out new music and new movies and new bands and things like that because I enjoy it and I'm hungry for it, you know? I still get excited about that kind of stuff. And I don't mind spending my money on it, you know? It hasn't changed because I've gotten older. I mean, some other things have changed because I've gotten older. A lot of things have changed, but not those kind of things. And so, you know, that's all I really wanted to say about that. But it's the kind of stuff that I think about. And it's fun to think about things sometimes. And you can call me weird and I don't care. Because uh, in my business, weird is uh, currency. Trust me. So with that, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipe Choir Records signing off. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy.